7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. So everything has been approved. It's all systems go. The 14th of May tomorrow. We need to be there by Naturena and handing the, 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 the memorandum at 10 a.m. So we urge all the members to be there, at least arrive at the place near Titis at 8.30 at least, so we can hand in at 10. Um, it's it's concerned fans um, about the club, the continued um, uh, poor performance by the club or poor management. So those were the, the starting points that we had. Um, so uh, with, the, with the help of social media, we, we, we managed to reach out to fans as far as Eastern Cape, KZN, or even outside South Africa to, to, to come up with a plan. And yeah, so far it's going on well. We, we are hoping to, to, to be taken seriously as fans, as supporters of the club. And we're hoping to take back uh, the brand of Case Achieve to where it belongs, which which is at the top. We we, we are hoping for transparency at the club uh, first because we need to know what's the plans from the chairman um, availing himself. So we, we want that to be possible. And we want quality players being bought by the club so we can be able to compete. And lastly, we want accountability. When things don't go right, someone must account. That's 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 the only way we can get quality. I mean, in terms of results, match was not about uh, the results of this season, or or maybe the coach for that matter. It's it's a bigger bigger uh, thing about the, the 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 way the club is being run, which is concerning for us, and we are concerned and we want to take it um, to the management. So at half past eight in the morning, we we as I said, we ask uh, members to be there at corner main road and Florida Street in Naturena, so we can meet there because we have a deadline of 10 o'clock to hand in the memorandum. So the crowd is going to be guided by the marshals and JMPD members as we march to Naturena, and the memorandum will be read at 10 to, to the leadership of Kaiser Chiefs. Okay, good evening, everybody. Thank you for staying with us on SAFM, firstly, and for joining us on SAFM Spot On with me, Tabi Somosia. Gatlejo Mudiba produces the show alongside Ben Ricotto and Sylvester Komane is back in technical with us this evening. We've opened with a clip from the a group of Kaiser Chief supporters who will be staging um, what they call a peaceful protest to the club's headquarters in Naturena tomorrow morning to voice their displeasure, their unhappiness with the state of affairs at the Glamour Boys who are shut off their former selves. So as you heard, it will start at 8.30 a.m. on Main Road and Florida Street in Naturena. And they have told us that JMPD, the Johannesburg Metropolis Department, has granted them permission to have 500 people at this march and those attending must wear their masks and have been encouraged to also wear their club regalia by the protesters who say they have support from all over the country and even outside the borders. There's been gathering some steam and gaining momentum over the past few weeks on social media, this peaceful protest of the Kaiser Chiefs fans and it is uh, finally happening. It's all systems go then, I guess, uh, from the organizers of this march and that was one of them, Tulani Nombali, they're speaking to us here on uh, SAFM.
so we'll see what happens tomorrow then uh, they say that they have spoken to the club they have spoken to the police and uh, the club will be there to welcome them at Naturena tomorrow at 10 and I also asked them if it's not a distraction or a disruption because there's a big game for Chiefs on Saturday um, which is the Kev Champions League quarterfinal first leg against Simba but they don't think so they say that they will only take 30 minutes of their time and after 10.30 or after 11 the players and, and the management can go back to training and to prepare for the match so they don't think that they are causing a disruption um they saying and there were there were also questions about whether they could have waited until the end of the season or not with just a couple of games left but they believe that this is the right time for them to go and voice their unhappiness with what's happening at the club so i don't know what you guys think um other kaiser chief supporters around the country are you encouraged by this march do you welcome this march here do you wish them all the best uh, tomorrow at naturena you can send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107 if you do want to weigh in on that but um on the show tonight we will be um, going, we'll have another serious matter that we have been dealing with over the past two weeks or three weeks, which was brought to our attention by that NCAF, the National Academy Forum there, when they highlighted exclusion in South African cycling, lack of transformation, no development over the past 27 years. And over the past few weeks, we have heard from the president of SA Cycling, President Siska Austin, who says she is trying her best to address the imbalances of the past and transformation and development is top of her agenda. But the timelines they gave us did not indicate any sense of Agency, which is a worry to most members of the cycling community. What was also alarming last week was the president admitting that they sent a lily white team to the recent continental champs in Egypt. And she told us that those who went there were not necessarily the best in the country, but those who could afford to pay their way to the champs, which was also alarming because then that's the definition of exclusion right there. If if those who can afford can go and represent the country, those who can't afford then can go, regardless of how good you are. So, um, But the president says she is trying her best. And she's only been in charge for 14 months as president of Cycling SA. Uh, but tonight, though, we're going to hear from the previous president of Cycling SA, that is Mr. William Newman, just to get his side of the story, because um, the president that we spoke to last week dis- did distance herself from some of the happenings in the past, even though she was part of Cycling SA since 2010. So we want to find out from the previous president, William Newman, how he feels about this situation and these grievances or these concerns that have been raised by NCAF or NCAF. And we'll also hear from them, the National um, Academy, National Cycling Academy Forum, about what's been said over the past few weeks. Buthe has been um, has been listening over the past few weeks, and she's the one that alerted us to what's happening in cycling in South Africa. So that's why we've been trying to get all sides of the story. We've also invited one of the most recognizable black cyclists in the country, Mr. Lutando Kaka, who's part of Velokaya, and they have been doing some great work over the past must be 20 years or so since Velokai have been doing this work of 15 to 20 years he'll tell us uh, but we'll also find out from them about the work that they do so if you also want to weigh in on this cycling conversation you can send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107 061-4104-107 and let's welcome on the line Mr. William Newman, who is a former president of Cycling South Africa. Good evening, Mr. Newman, and thank you very much for being able to speak to us tonight on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso. Very good to be on your show. Fantastic to hear that cycling is getting some coverage. Uh, maybe not for the best reasons, but certainly this will kickstart something in a positive direction. So good to be on your show. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. And we sure hope so too. And and we're dealing with an issue of exclusion or lack of transformation, no development in cycling SA, Mr. Newman. You were president between 2012 and 2016 and 2016 and 2018. 18, would you say that there is exclusion and, and that some people uh, are right to feel that they're being excluded? 
Look, I think it's important just to sketch some background to myself. In terms of myself, I've been involved in the sport for 43 years as a rider, ad- administrator, event organizer, all the different roles you could have had in the sport of cycling during the apartheid years under the banner of SACOS, the South African Council on Sport. No normal sport in an abnormal society was our calling, and we were, we were very committed to um, non-racialism and um, to open um, competition in terms of, you know, looking after all the people's um, rights as such. So we knew we were working in a very disadvantaged advantage environment, but we wanted to use sport to bring about change, and we certainly did that. And, you know, what signaled our success was when our late president, Nelson Mandela, was released on the 11th of February, 1990, and then that set us on the road to democracy, and that's when I joined up with the club in the SACF, and I started my journey in the club, in the province, working my way right up to um, um, national level, vice president, and eventually president in 2012. And when I took over as president, I had very clear objectives, and I said our number one priority is transformation and development. I said we need to develop clubs at community level, we need to do school development, we need to break down barriers to entry, we need to get women cycling organized, and we also need to embrace existing programs such as Kubeka, Valakaya, Goba, Bonga Cycling Academy, all those projects that one ago we needed to embrace that. But way and behold, I certainly did not get the support, and um, I'll have to give you some real examples of what happened. And I'm going to read to you very soon after I made um, this bold declaration of what our structure and um, direction was. Mm. In Afrikaans, and senior exco member told me, Yay, drive transformation at all costs. Translated, oh. you are driving transformation at all costs. And then in Later on, he followed us up with an email, and he said, one of your personal objectives is to transform Cycling South Africa. Please do not allow this objective to become an obsession. As much as you might not believe it, I do understand the need for change, but even if it is harmful to the sport, it is not good. So there already was resistance way back in 2012. And by the way, the same gentleman then put up his hand for election as TND chair later on down the line, and that was baffling to me. And then also um, another response in terms of one of the things that I wanted to do, I wanted to bring some former administrators from the SACOS era onto our executive as, a co-opted, as co-opted members. And this was met with resistance because I knew these guys, these administrators knew exactly what to do because they've done it all during the apartheid era. And again, this is another um, comment, and I have to read it because it's fact. It's in Afrikaans. Kom ons vergeet van die apartheid era. Dis geschiedenis wat herskryf kan word en focus eerder op die toekomst. And it Translated, it says, let's forget about the apartheid era. It's history that can be rewritten and rather focus on the future. So I am at, you know, I was disappointed. But the worst thing is I was the only person expressing deep disappointment at these sentiments. And again, in 2018, um, Commonwealth Games, after we sent a all-white team to the Olympics in 2016, including management, I made a certain directive. I said, never again will we send an all-white team. And when Commonwealth Games management um, discussions were about, I came across an email that I wasn't even aware of. And the email is from one Manco member to the other, and it says, as per our discussion, please be advised that due to personal reasons, I'm no longer available to attend the 2018 Commonwealth Games as code manager. I have a dis- had, I've had a discussion with X, I won't mention her name, about replacing me, and I would suggest that you substitute my name 
with these with Sascock, and this I wasn't aware of. It was sent to the office center to Sascock. I immediately intervened and I appointed a very competent, well experienced, actually one of our most experienced um, managers who happened to be PDI, and immediately the knives were out. And these two members questioned his credentials. You know, the list goes on. Mm. Uh, in, in terms of good corporate governance, I wasn't happy with the selection of um, a team management for 2014 Road World Championships, and I changed that, and I cited my reasons. And then that again started the motion of no confidence saga. And then in, in, in November, that very same year, the financial trustee stood up, and he said he cannot continue in an organization where there are behind-the-scenes emails and directives to get rid of the president, and he subsequently resigned. And at that meeting, I then questioned membership, and everyone was silent. They did not say a word. And, you know, then to go on, I need to just say one more thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So whenever I put my foot down in terms of transformation or good corporate governance, I became a target, and then um, people were trying to engage, and I got an email from membership, and it reads, I have a, I've had a few calls from high-ranking cycling South Africa people asking me to rally the troops and put a motion of no confidence in you. So my summary is, there is a certain reluctance to do any form of meaningful transformation and development within cycling South Africa. It is 27 years down the line, and the people are not willing to change. There are two or three provinces who are doing something. They're nowhere near enough, but at least they are doing something. We have nine provinces, and if the provinces are the activators of a vision and a mission and the direction, and they fail to do this or are reluctant, we are doomed for failure. And that's exactly what is happening. And there can be as many documents as possible that, you know, the new... Uh, organization is putting into place. I've had all these documents in black and white on a regular basis, month by month, this is reiterated, but the more I did this, the more the, 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 the wounds in myself became deeper because people did not like it and they wanted to get rid of me, and they used other reasons in 2018 to do that, and I subsequently resigned because I felt the mood was inevitable, and we need to do something positive. But what I like I like what the National Cycling Academy Forum is achieving. They are playing out exactly the plans and the vision that I had for the organization. They're getting into grassroots. They're organizing. They've got very capable people. And they should be the face of Cycling South Africa. And they should be heading this organization. Yeah. President, former president of Cycling South Africa, Mr. William Newman, is talking to us this evening on SAFM, and you have made some startling revelations uh, here, sir. And and it's fine; you don't have to mention names because it's not personal. We, it, we, it's not personal. It's not about any individuals because it seems like it's a structural problem that we are dealing with here in Cycling South Africa, from what we've been able to discuss over the past few weeks, and that's why we are having this discussion just to try and understand what the issues are. And I think the former president has given us a lot here to talk about. We're just going to take a quick break, President, and. We'll continue after this just from some of the points that you've said and those who want to weigh in especially from the community of cycling uh, the vo- number for voice notes once again is 061 4104 at SAFM radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter now president from what you've said I don't even know where to start but I think the, the first question is why is there such resistance why is there no will to change in cycling South Africa uh, that's a very good question. I've been drumming away at this for a very long time, even before becoming vice president. And I sat in meetings and I said, look around this room. If the Minister of Sport steps into this organization, he will make a laughing stock of us because we're not represented. 
we had two or three members, including myself, of color, and the others were white males mainly and maybe one or two females. So the organization, I'm not sure why they do not want to change, but if you think about it, I put in place, I said, let's do development. And if we do development correctly, our demographics dictate that we will be successful because 84% of the youth under the age of 16 are black African. So that means it's in our favor if we just do the development correctly. But there's a certain lack of well, and I always use the phrase, we need a sincere effort, and that certainly was not there. Why there is not um, a willingness to do it, I am not sure. It's a reluctance, reluctance to change. 27 years down the line, we must wait another 27 years. This is not uncertainly um, something seriously needs to happen, and we cannot continue with one document after the other and hope that things will change. Cycling South Africa must have a serious look at themselves. Each province must have a look and say, why are they there? Are they there for sport? to better the sport and change what has happened in the past or are they there for other reasons? And once we answer that truthfully, then we can put in place meaningful change to bring about this wonderful, um, you know, this wonderful change that we all fought for. I mean, I was one of the riders who sacrificed so many things. I was offered so many opportunities by the SSC. If I've been made over to us, please come and join us. I said, no, we've got a bigger fight to fight. We've got democracy that we're fighting for. And all those people haven't been recognized for the effort. I think the efforts that they made are much bigger than what we talk about what happened in 1995 because of the Rugby World Cup. You know, our late President Nelson Mandela's sports has the ability to change the world, etc. We made meaningful sacrifices, but we're not being rewarded because our kids have almost grown beyond being juniors or already almost at the end of a retirement age in terms of a sports person, and they haven't been given the opportunity in 27 years. So I think Cycling South Africa needs to have a serious sit-down with role players who are keen. And I have been one of the most staunchest supporters of transformation and development, but you can hear, I have been, you know, I've been, um, I have not had the support because people in the provinces were not willing to do this. And I can, I'll openly state that because I've got evidence to prove this. Mm. And and as as a president, when you are in charge, how much power do you have? You see, that's the thing. With an organization, corporate governance, the constitution kicks in. And whatever you do, you have to do it according to the constitution. And then these provinces are smart. Um, there are nine provinces. They need, mm-hmm. they need to rally five provinces, and then they can do whatever they want because the council is the highest decision-making authority in the country. Never mind the president. And I, I agree with that because that's what the constitution is. And that is the, 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 what we can do. But the main thing is when people want to do things, they run to the constitution and then they can easily get together five people. And I mean, as I said, two or three provinces are doing transformation, maybe three. The other six, you know, you can put one and one together in terms of what could happen then if you push very hard. But I was very, I was very strong. I, I, it didn't stop me. But at the end of the day, in 2018, the mood was evident. They came with very frivolous reasons for a, a vote of no confidence. But the underlying issue was I was pushing too hard on the transformation and development issue. And they saw me as a big, big threat to the organization or to themselves. So it's safe to say then from, from your experiences and you being in charge that um, these concerns raised by the National Cycling Academy Forum that they're excluded, they are, they, are, they are valid because when we spoke to the current president of Cycling South Africa, um, she didn't seem to agree. Oh, that is so obvious. I mean, you can see, you know, what the academy is doing with 45 active clubs 
That is what we should have been doing since 2012 when I came in, uh, into office, or even before that, since 1994. But people did not take transformation seriously. So certainly um, I am fully in support of what has been said by, um, by the National Cycling Academy Forum. They do not get the support, and they should be the people really pushing um, and being at the forefront of the organization because they should be the face of cycling. South Africa in my parting um, address to membership, that's exactly what I said. I said, we need to look at the new face of cycling South Africa. And again, I quoted the 84% of of um, youth under the age of 16 are black. So why are we not transforming? That is a fact, and yet we're not getting to that. We send a team, and, you know, we get three out of maybe 20 are black, but not even black, they're colors. They're not even black Africans. So where is the will and the commitment to do transformation and development? So I challenge everything that the current president has said, and she, I must admit that what she has openly stated, while she was general secretary, she made a comment openly. She said, if William Newman becomes president, I will resign, and which she did after I did become president, president uh-huh. of the organization. Sure. Okay. And you've mentioned Rio 2016 and there, and I was also there in Rio 2016, and you mentioned that you were not happy with the, with the selection of the team and the makeup of the team. As recently as, as this year now, we also sent a Lily White team, which the president admitted to, to the Continental Champs in Egypt. I mean, as somebody who was part of Sarkos and No Normal Sport in an Abnormal Society, 27 years later, when we are still sending these teams, I mean, how does that make you feel? It really makes us feel like big failures because we failed our old generation of youth. We fought so hard for the changes that people are enjoying now, and they're enjoying it, but yet they're not doing their But and yet we fought so hard for these changes so that our youth could have the opportunities. You know, 27 years, if someone had been given the chance in 1994 as a 16-year-old, they could have been the face of cycling South Africa on the world stage. But because of a lack of will, we are not seeing that coming through. So it makes me angry. And the fact of the matter is I was involved, so I really tried my best, and I've got all the evidence to prove that I've done that. And um, people are not willing to transform. It's nice to have the best documents and this policy and that policy. All those documents are in place. But if people don't change, those documents will just be paper, and it won't be worth anything. And for those who missed our conversation with the current president, Siska Austin, last week, here was her response when I asked her how does she feel about a Lily White team being sent to the Continental Champs in Egypt. I think I, my question was, do you, do you feel that that team is transformed? No, not at all. I can tell you, I said that even before I, the, the team was selected, it's, this is not a transformed team. How was it approved to go represent the country when it's not transformed? It's quite unfortunate because we, as a cycling, we don't have all the finances at this stage. So what happens is that unfortunately we select and the riders who are not able to afford it, they, they, they couldn't travel and it, it had an effect. It has an effect on the representation of the team. So are you saying that the team that went to the Continental Champs is not necessarily the best team, but it's those who could afford to yeah. go and represent the country? <clears throat> it's definitely not the best team that travels, yes. Yeah, no. Isn't that the whole um, meaning of exclusion, uh, Mr. Newman, that... Um, those who can afford are the ones that can represent the country. Certainly, I totally agree because we know that people are struggling and that's because of the past. But I had a principle when selecting teams and when we did these things. I said, never, never will we select a person just because he's got money and never will we exclude someone if he doesn't have money. What that meant was if someone worthy of going 
was selected and he wasn't by the means. The club, the region, the province should mobilize all the um, avenues open to them to get that that, that um, funding for the person. And this was done on a few occasions where the regional um, the sports departments, the regional government departments, the provincial government departments were approached and we could get riders to go. So I really had that strong principle where we said we will never allow a rider not to go because he didn't have the funds and we don't allow people just to go because they've got the funds and they're not up to standard. So um, certainly there are ways of doing it and cycling we know is a very difficult sport in terms of finances but Mm. I always cite our example where in before 1994 we had zero. We had the government against us but we had a well-structured organization called the South African Cycling Board and before that the South African Cycling Association and we had a national body, we had a provincial body, bodies and we had clubs and we had provincial champs, club champs and um, national champs and we also had a cycle sports festival in 1982. I was the captain of the, of the cycling team so mm-hmm. it makes me hugely angry when people, number one, say it's not happening because of money. And that's not an excuse. And I always said, we won't use a lack of funds as an excuse not to transform and develop the sport. There are avenues. And I know I've come from that background where we had zero, but we had very committed and passionate people. And we were in our townships. We were in the communities. And we drew clubs from those communities. And the same needs to happen. That's why I'm so happy that I hear what the National Cycling Academy Forum are doing with the leadership that Bushley is doing and all those things. You know, if we get them involved, this organization can turn around 360 degrees, but we mustn't wait for a constitutional change that takes three years down the line, mm-hmm. and then, you know, before we know it, it's 2028 and another Olympic cycle gone. We must do it tomorrow. I'm happy to discuss and meet with whoever needs, wants to meet with me, and if I want my assistance, I'm happy to discuss that, because I'm so passionate about it. Um, cycling South Africa, they, I'm on the sidelines, I'm not involved, but I've been heavily involved in Africa. I've actually turned cycling, track cycling around in Africa. We've never had African champs, but since 2015, I made it my business to do that. And cycling South Africa has benefited. We now have riders qualifying for world champs. We have riders qualifying across the continent for for, um, World Cups. And also the very first time ever, because of my involvement in the UCI Track Commission at the moment, I pushed heavily for better African representation at the Olympics. So for the very first time, there will be more than just South Africa at the Olympics. We'll have four riders from Africa, three from South Africa, should be, and one from Egypt at the Olympics. So I've continued my work, but at the continental level. So I'm very passionate about development, and I think my commitment is unquestionable, and I really want to see a difference right in my own country. But people do not want to take the lead and the advice from me, so I'm working on the continent now. Let me just take a quick voice note here. Good evening. I want to understand from your guest there, did he seek intervention from the Saskoko Ministry of Sports when he was experiencing a pushback from those who were opposing transformation. This is Vincent. Thank you very much. Thanks, Vincent. And I say that's also a common question here. Uh, President, did you, did you um, go seek assistance? I must admit, I didn't actively go and seek assistance. Um, I'm not going to make excuses for that. I didn't go directly to SASCOG nor the Ministry of Sport. Do you think you should have? In hindsight, yes, there are many things in hindsight. I should have done that. Mm. I always thought that, you know, things will change because I pushed so hard for what I wanted to see. So, yes, that's a shortcoming on my side, and I admit it. I didn't go 
outside of our structures to actually put this on the table with the Ministry of Sport, North Sasko. Just finally, before we speak to Butler again, um, how are people elected to executive positions, President? Because um, the cycling community last week was questioning the appointment of the new vice president, uh, saying that he does not have a cycling background. And I look at your resume. I mean, you've been around since the days of Sarkos. You were national champ, Western province uh, champ, even as a veteran there, you continued. So you've got a proper background in, in cycling. And here comes somebody who doesn't have a background. And that's what the community was questioning. Yeah, look. The constitution might have changed since I was involved, but certainly what happens, you get a president and a vice president, which are elected by the council and also the treasurer, which are elected by council, and council elections happen every four years. And then the nine provincial, there are nine executive members who the provincial affiliates nominate to be on the executive. So the executive are nine people, plus a vice president and president and the financial trustee. And that is the core executive of Cycling South Africa. And then the constitution states that the executive then selects the management committee. And the management committee, in essence, they run the four disciplines. So you'll get the, the management committee a member for um, the director for mountain bike, road track, BMX, paracycling, and any other commission that you do have. So it's quite an, uh, a big structure, but that is what happens. But I'm I must also say that um, during my term, I heard the president here last week saying that she gets an honorarium. All my work was done for zero, no remuneration, just to put that on the table. And yet I spent between six and eight hours a day with the organization or for the organization. And my rewards would have been if people had taken on board the mission and the vision that they had for transformation. That is more than the financial rewards. Because in the cycles days, we had no money. We were just very passionate, and I'm still very passionate, and that would have been reward enough for me to, to see my work through. So um, that is the structure. I don't know what has changed. Mm. I heard that there's a, 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 an uh, independent vice president. Yes. Um, I hear he's independent, but he's also belonging to a club. So I don't know where the independence comes from. So, yes, I agree with the questions. If people do not understand, they should ask, and the organization should be able to explain that to them. And that should be, as I said, council is the highest decision-making authority, and council exists, uh, consists of the, 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 the provinces, mm. the, the, the regions, and the clubs even have a say because they belong to regions. And I mean, I, I heard the president also mention, mentioning 11 regions. And I think we've got much more than 11 regions if we take all the provinces into account. So there already is an indication that we're not reaching the, the, the regions that I so boldly put out to say we must get to all the regions across the country. Mm. Um, so yes, that, that is the way it is. Okay, sure. President, you've given us a lot here to mull over and uh, you've got receipts also, I mean, emails and all of that. I'm sure this is not the last we speak to you, but thank you very much for your time and giving us your side of the story and just some insight into what's happening. We are trying to find answers. We are trying to find solutions here and, and your, your, your side of the story, your narrative has also helped us here just to understand uh, the picture. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Newman. I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. And uh, on the line, we do have um, the General Secretary of the National Cycling Academy Forum, Obutla uh, Madala, joins us on the line. Butle, good evening and thanks again for being able to speak to us here on SAFM. Good evening, Tariso, and good evening to the listeners. Thank you very much again for the opportunity. And thank you for being patient with us. I know we couldn't get you on last week, but I know you were listening over the past few weeks. But before that, I mean, what do you make of what we've been told by the previous president, Uwidi Newman, or how do you view his time as president of Cycling SA? So I was um, fortunate enough to work alongside Mr. Newman. So there's a, a tour of Limpompo, which is the highest 
category of stage racing in the country. It's a category 2.2 stage race. I was the event organizer at that tour, so I met him at, at, at the launch of that tour. Um, so, so much of what he's saying is unfortunate that now as NCAF and leading NCAF as the general secretary, I'm humping along stuff that I heard when he was still the president, you know. And I think he's right to say that there is no urgency. Mm. Um, the three provinces that, you know, are seem to be doing something for transformation, all we can see is, yes, there is something happening, but it's uncoordinated, it's haphazard, it's sporadic, and we can't, after 27 years, be, you know, praising good intention over impact. Mm. We need to be speaking now about what are the impact, impactful programs that we've implemented in the past, how are we improving them so that we make sure that we unearth the talent of the greater population of the, um, of this country, um, the demographics of this country, the guys that represent who lives in this country, how do we make sure that we fast track that they get to the highest level of cycling? I think with what has been happening in the past uh, shows that you had, we had the president, Usiska, who came mm-hmm. onto the radio, um, and and I think what came across is is just the culture at Cycling South Africa, the the, the white savior complex. Unfortunately, that obviously the, the the federation cannot introspect and say that that's where we are stuck as a federation. They are stuck in the white savior complex. You can't tell me, Tabiso, Uguti, living in Africa, living in 90% population that is black, you are still planning and intending to put 25% of black people in your structures. I don't understand how that can even be a strategy and a policy in an organization in South Africa, especially dealing with sports. When you come from a past that says that sport is a unifier of this country, you're not stronger together, all of these nice euphoria that we get when there's sport, you can't tell me that only it only happens where there's a big sporting court, where there's a rugby World Cup, where there's soccer. We only unify then and then we go back to our little corners and become white saviors, you know. There's a lot of tokenism that happens. She spoke about um, an independent president, vice president within the structures of South Africa, of cycling South Africa. That has never happened in the past. What does that say? It says that the very federation would rather exclude active people that challenge them, that come up with solutions and solutions, I mean, uh, that comes up with solutions and live in these communities. And if they come to them and say, these are innovative ways that you can look into into transformation, because clearly you don't have oversight, you don't live in these spaces, so you don't know what happens on the ground. Give credit and recognize cycling academies who are part of your structures, they are affiliates. And we've understood as a National Cycling Academies Forum why it doesn't benefit the Federation to recognize us as a body. We've been sitting and we've been working through the structures. What William Newman maybe failed to do was to reach out to the Sports and Recreation uh, Department or Ministry or SASCOG. Mm. As NCAF, we've reached out to them. I have had meetings with SASCOG, with the CEO at SASCOG, and with the newly elected vice president, Ulwandile. And unfortunately, because cycling is not understood, and it is so unfortunate that even the people that sit in these administration um, positions and in their capacity, 
They are supposed to regulate and administer sports that they have no clue in understanding. They can't even tell you whether cycling is an individual sport or is it a team sport. How does it work? It works with timing. They, they, it, it, it's a shame that you have people that regulate and they don't understand the sport. And I mean, in 27 years, even with the reporting that goes to sports and recreation, according to PFMA, you can tell me that they cannot pick up that what we need to do as a country, we still cannot be allowing federations to be talking about 25% in 27 years after democracy. Yes, we can clap hands and say, this is nice, you've got good intentions. We need impact now. You know and, what I mean? And, and a bit of agency, I think. Sorry to come in And there. a bit of agency, yes, yes. And a bit of agency. And I think at the core of what the Federation doesn't understand, because we live in these communities, at the center of why we want to be recognized as a National Cycling Academies Forum is that at the core of it all is child protection. Child protection is very important, and I think it's one of the core principles that SASCOG operates by. Every person that deals with kids in this country needs to go through certain criteria and requirements. They need to go through certain clearances, SA police clearances. What is happening in our communities is we're almost saturating every community with pockets and pockets of academies that are booming, that are not regulated, that are not compliant, that work with kids, that don't have any indemnity, and who who is ultimately supposed to make sure that there's accountability with people that work with these kids. It is the federation, but because they don't have mm. the best interest of the underprivileged in their heart, they just let it go. They just tell academies that you need to be in good standing. They have no clue. They don't care about what happens to underprivileged kids that live in black bodies. Trust you believe the same would not be accepted if it was white kids, what they do to black kids. You find bogus um, programs cycling development programs where you find people just coming, putting uh, cycling, cycling kids on, on academies in rural areas. You find these pictures of these kids ending up in some annual report for some bogus program because it is so unregulated. Yeah, Minister Walula so, used to call them the Make Me Nice projects. I just need to take a quick break, uh, and we'll wrap up after this. We've also got uh, Mr. Lutando Kaka on the line, a board member at Velokaya Cycling Academy. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Before we speak to Mr. Kaka, we'll say the one other thing that was raised, well, that they told us last week, Cycling SA, was that they've come up with a transformation and diversity charter and structure. I don't know if this gives you some relief or confidence, but um, also, um, I did ask who came up with this charter and she told us that the provinces were consulted for input. Would you be aware of that? Yeah, so, so Siska would know. She presented last year in September a national development plan uh, to the cycling endeavor that was planned. And the first question that came up from all the relevant stakeholders that were invited was, when did the consultation happen? So if I understand clearly, if you want to come up with a plan, surely you should first go and ask the people in the communities that you plan to transform, what are their lived experiences and what do they ultimately think are the ideas to come to solutions to that? This didn't happen with Siska. She came with a program and she presented it. So when she was challenged that this is not a consultative program, she said that Congress was able to endorse it. She presented it to them. Let's see. Let's look at who Congress is. So the chairpersons that are from the provinces are the very same people that form part of Congress. So what you're finding, it's a culture at Cycling South Africa. You find that one person 
will hold a position as the chairperson of the province. They will hold a position as the head of a commission, maybe a technical commission. They will hold a position as part of Congress and an executive. So tell me how diverse would those ideas be if they are rotated from the same people? So it does not give me any comfort that she talks about she's got um, new DG Academy. I mean, we come from the pandemic where we just saw how much divisions we have as a country, especially when it comes to ITC. So her introducing this commission, this Development and uh, uh, Transformation Commission, and talking about transformation uh, and DG academies, we, we don't have access to computers. The majority of this country doesn't have access to computers. There are no internet. Information literacy is another point that we cannot dismiss because we've seen with the pandemic where we are as a country. If you talk about cycling, at the moment, cycling is so far ahead that they, uh, the Olympics have introduced e-cycling, e-racing. Mm. It's almost like a gamified sporting where you literally can plug your, your bike onto a computer and you can race against anyone in the entire world. Here we are in South Africa, we're still asking for bikes, for proper cycling bikes, not Kubega bikes, because those are not... Um, competition-ready bikes, and they're not for the sport. They are commuter bikes. So in the country where we are still donating bicycles for people because there's a need for bicycles, you go and you say you're talking to development and transformation and you introduce a DG Academy. Who's going to pay data for these people to access whatever program that you want to introduce when it is online? How many people have access to telephones that are able to give them access to the internet, to information that is online. So it just shows just how out of touch um, the Federation is from what is happening on the ground. And they choose this position because we are their affiliates. We sit in their structures and we are just not valued because we seem to be challenging them. We know why they would not recognize us as a structure. It would not benefit them to say we've got a development wing as cycling, cycling South Africa. Because as you heard last week, Siska told you that the only source of income that comes through from the Federation to the Federation for their livelihood is racing. Okay, so if they are, where there is no racing, then they also depend on the grants and the funding that they get from department, from the department and from the government. They get those fundings because they are supposed to be channeling that through for development. But they are not doing it. It is so telling. 27 years we saw a lily white team, which then shows that the funds that they get from government, which is both my taxpayers and your taxpayers' money, is not going through to the intended recipients, which are transformation. And for me, for government to look at this and not recognize the fact that clearly you cannot, insanity, when Atabiso is doing the same actions and and expecting a different result. Uh, you have a federation that put policies in place that restricted black people from competing and participating wholly in cycling. And then you expect the very same federation to come up with solutions that would benefit the very people that are oppressed in the past. I don't understand how that works. Maybe that's where we should take it now going forward next week. We'll invite government, we'll invite the ministry, we'll invite South Korea. And also, we've also reached out to the EPG, by the way, because there's that EPG report, eminent persons report, and we wanted to see what the scorecard of cycling has been over the years. I saw that they were not part of the last EPG report, and we're trying to find out what was the reason for that. So we need a couple more days to go through that. But uh, this is not the 
end of our conversation, Butler, we're going to continue to talk about this and, and, and see if we can find a way forward here and bring these issues uh, to, to, to the public and also give you a platform to raise these issues. But we also want to speak to Mr. Kaka, a board member at Velokaya Cycling Academy after this break. Leading Sport Stories of the Day on SAFM. And let's give the last word to probably one of the most recognizable names in South African cycling, Mr. Lutando Kaka, a board member at the Velokaya Cycling Academy. Good evening, uh, Mr. Kaka. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM. Yeah, good evening, Tabiso, and uh, good uh, hello to, to the listeners, and thank you for having me in yes, such yes. an important discussion. Yes, and we're going to give you your own show next week. Don't worry about that. We'll give you more time next week, but I just wanted your voice to be on air just to yeah. just, just to hear from you one or two questions. Firstly, what do you make of these accusations of exclusion in Cycling South Africa? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I agree with uh, both speakers that came before me, Obuse and uh, uh, Mr. Newman. Uh, I think uh, for, for for my side, I mean, from Velokaya, having been a member of a uh, board member of Velokaya, is that we've experienced all that they uh, mentioned, the exclusion. Uh, I mean, the racism side and and many others from 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 cycling South Africa. So much that I mean, Velokaya has been around for for 20 years uh, as an academy, and it has produced the likes of Songezo Jim, mm. Nicholas Lamini. The only black cyclist that actually went on to to to, to ride for World Tour Team uh, MTN Quebec and then uh, what are they called now today? Quebec uh, uh, Aces. So with that 20 years and having uh, produced these riders that I've mentioned, we have had no participation, uh, no support or anything from Cycling South Africa. So which is one of the very sad things that I can actually mention as far as exclusion is actually happening uh, in the sport. And uh, also, I mean, now, the, the most recent, I mean, we had uh, the president, Siska Austin, uh, Austin uh, talking about uh, the UCI training that is happening mm-hmm. uh, uh, with, with, with Cycling South Africa. For the coaches? Yes, for yes. the coaches. Uh, we recently wrote to them because uh, as Velokaya, we have uh, over 100 kids that are part of uh, Velokaya and we have uh, trained a lot of mechanics and, and program managers from the community. And uh, we were not told or even invited to put up names uh, for that coaching. And we asked them, why is that? And uh, can you believe it? Uh, we were actually told that uh, they forgot to send, to press the send button for the invites to Velokai. They forgot so, to press send on the email. Send. I promise you. <laughs> I so that, 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 that is the level of ex- exclusion that is actually happening at, at, at Cycling South Africa. But uh, one thing that we have done over the years, because, I mean, I've rode for professional teams mm. uh, here in South Africa and abroad. And, I mean, the the point, the time that I actually realized that there's something wrong with the sport was when I was called the K-word by one of the riders, I think about uh, six or seven years ago. I, I complained and then I was put on suspension for complaining. Uh, we threatened to take them to court and then they overturned it. And then fast forward, I realized that the sport really does need change. So much that the, the racism and exclusion is not only at the top, but it's from the bottom top. Uh, we took our grievances to commissaires, uh, colored commissaires, whereby we said, you know what, why are you allowing the treatment that we get as black people in the sport to continue? Mm-hmm. And one of them, who is actually even active now, said, you know what, Lutando, there is only one or 
two of us and there's more white people in the sport. So there is nothing that we can do. So today it's, it's, it's very comforting to hear that Mr. Newman uh, was also alone within the organization, so could not actually change it uh, as far as the problems that are deep-rooted in, 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 in cycling South Africa. And upon that realization, recently with my fellow bed uh, mo- members, I mean, Lien Moses and Sipo, Mon- uh, Sipo, who's the general manager at, at Velokai, mm. we took Cycling South Africa to the Sport and, Recre- uh, sport and Recreation, uh, reported it there. Mm. And the matter was uh, referred to SASCOC. Mm. Are they a matter of exclusion and the racism that we consistently uh, face at Cycling South Africa? Uh, to that effect, there was an independent report which was done by an advocate. It's called the Nzikai Report, mm. which actually said that Cycling South Africa is untransformed. There is racism within the sport. And it actually gave SISCA. Uh, uh, a number of things that he, she needs to do uh, to, 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 to actually deal with this element. And one of them was to actually come up with a, a, a transformation policy. And to that effect, she said that they would adopt the a UK transformation policy, which British has cycling. been in the UK. Oh, I saw that on their website. They want to copy what exactly. British Cycling is doing. Exactly. And we even objected to that. We said, how do you want to adopt a UK, a failed UK transformation policy in South Africa, which is completely different to the UK? And it has failed there. And so what is simply done is took that carbon copy and throw it in for us to go forward. And one of the things that they've actually done, and we've also said this is wrong, is that uh, my colleague just mentioned something that uh, representation does not necessarily mean transformation. Uh, there are mm-hmm. a lot of now, as Siska said, there's a black uh, vice president who happens to be black and rides a, a bicycle. Uh, people that are not involved in the sport, uh, the grassroots of the sport, the development, and they are, do not know the problems that we continue to face as the cycling, a uh, black cycling community in South Africa. So we also need to be just wary of them trying to want to look like they are actually transforming while they know that they are putting people in places where they do not have the the, the right skills to deal with the big problem that we actually have. Yeah, no, it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot, uh, Mr. Kaka. And thank you also for your insight and for Mr. William Newman here. It seems like our guests all agree that there is one common issue here, and there is exclusion, and there's lack of transformation in cycling South Africa. And Mr. Newman said it's people like 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 Bouche and people like you, basically, without mentioning your name, that should be involved in the structures, and you are not involved in the structures. And that's another question that I want to ask. But we're going to give you more time because also, um, as much as there's so much wrong that is happening or so many challenges, but there is some good that you guys are doing with the Velokaya Cycling Academy. I don't know how you've managed to keep going over 20 years or for 20 years with all these challenges, but we want to bring you back, Mr. Kaka, just to talk about the Velokaya Life Cycling Academy and the work that you, you do there in Cape Town and in the townships. No, thank you very much, Tavis. Much appreciated. Thank you. We will arrange that. And that's a man, of course, who was signed to a European team um, when it comes to cycling, by the way. Um, What's, I just forgot the name now, but he did. He was signed to a Danish team, a, a European team. I remember that story. I will ask him next week when we speak to him again. Anyway, let's leave it there for now. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for news.